Hi everybody and welcome to the latest uh, Doomray and we've um, we, we've got a very exciting show today and we're following up on um, what have actually been our most popular um, podcasts which I'm sure is nothing down to the subject matter and all down to me um, <laughs> um, or it could be the fact that it's one of the most successful Kickstarters that I've seen in a very long time. Um, but um, I'm joined again by uh, Lars Simkins um, from from um, from Frontiers. So say hello, Lars. Hello. And um, and yeah, so we've we've said that we kind of keep everybody updated, and we and um, you know that that we kind of keep people updated throughout the Kickstarter, and we've we've had a few in between, and you know, pretty early on, I think it was pretty clear that you were going to make a goal, but. You haven't just made it. You've you've completely destroyed it. Went for every stretch goal. So how does it feel to be living in Bermuda? <laughs> um, st- still in my basement. Uh, still, well, not my basement, <laughs> but my, my lower floor, escaping the heat. Nice. Uh, so I, I guess it's close to Bermuda. It's pretty hot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. Um, it's 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 fun. Uh, the along with the stretch goals comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of you know expanded features and and a lot of other things that that add stress. But mm. it's a good kind of stress. So that, yeah, that, I'm, is, I'm having a good time. Is that the new tagline for the new Spider-Man film? With with stretch goals comes responsibility. <laughs> um. Why not? <laughs> with with great stretch goals comes great stress, but a good kind of stress. Yeah. Summer um, 2015. <laughs> I think I'd be more interested in that than Amazing Spider-Man 2, just putting it out there. Um, but no, so, you know, so I think it's worth saying that, you know, you made $157,000, which is insane. Um, and, it is pretty insane. Yeah, and um, It's also it's, insane how much Kickstarter and Amazon make and, it? and the U.S. government. It gets it gets trapped down quite a bit by the time it reaches uh, my bank account, but so it's still you, an insane figure. Do you get the three hundred and eighty-one dollars? <laughs> they get the one hundred and fifty-seven thousand. Did you get the three hundred and eighty-one dollars? Something like that. Yeah, it's, it, the ratios are a little different, but you've got the right idea. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's funny actually because it's it's uh, worth saying that um, in in my new job uh, we've been researching Kickstarter projects and. Um, and it's funny because I remember in in our earlier interviews you were saying that you've never seen a trend line like it. Um, oh, yeah. And we've researched many, many, many Kickstarters, and we have this kind of thing of it's like, oh well, um, you know, th- these things give this, and these things give this, and then every time yours was the one that was the exception to the rule. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've just kind of broken everything. <laughs> I, I'm doing a post mortem on it because I promised um, uh, a Reddit community, a uh, uh, game dev, that I'd do a post mortem once I was all through, and and I'm just uh, I'm having trouble like summing it up and sort of like chewing it up and digesting it um, mm-hmm. in the way that other projects have because it's every single time something happened, I feel like it, I can't I can't possibly encourage people to recreate it or do what I did because it was so fluky, you know, like. <laughs> can't be like oh well you know if you're in the middle of your campaign try this because it could result in a continuing trend and blah but really i have no idea you know um so yeah it's really hard to break down what happened uh, i still don't know <laughs> frankly and it's, i'm it's, glad to hear that i'm not just crazy uh i'm glad to hear someone else has had the same experience where they look at trends and just see it buck all of them um because yeah, no, i just we, kept thinking am i looking at this in the wrong way or 
No, we we had a team of four people working for like weeks and weeks and weeks on end. But like they they they'd done you know weeks of research beforehand before I even came in, and um, and then it was quite funny because they were like the the one thing that we keep finding that kind of is weird is is frontiers. Can you ask Lars what happened? <laughs> it's just like it's just like <laughs> I can ask, but from from what I was saying I don't before, know. he has no idea. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Maybe that should be your post mortem. Just, just I have. I just I have, don't know what happened, guys. Here's yeah. the data you figured out. <laughs> yeah, just there needs to be somebody way more qualified in massively high maths um, than than you or I to work it out. But no, and you know, yeah. I, I think I think one of the big things um, that again we touched on in earlier podcasts, but people seem to have really responded to kind of you as as the person behind it all. Um, yeah, I know. And, like, equally you know, strange. You keep saying you're a horrible person, um, and just so everybody knows, b- before we started recording, um, Lars um, was actually just shooting puppies. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I don't think I'm a horrible person. It's just, <laughs> I mean, just to be clear, I, I I think I'm an okay guy. It's just I I know from from experience that I that I come across badly. With with people, especially with people that I don't know that well, and and even the people that know me really well, it I don't know. It's just odd to have so many people respond to me positively when my number one fear going in was they are going to hate me because I'm a jerk. <laughs> well, maybe, so but, for the opposite to happen was just beyond strange. Uh, but but I'll take it. Done right? You know, maybe that's the thing. Is is so many people, and I think the the one thing that I will say is kind of from an outside perspective is you've always been yourself, and you've always. Whereas so many people, like you watch these kind of Kickstarter videos, and it's like, oh, we'll try and make it witty, and we'll we'll make it like a comedy, and we'll 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 do this kind of. And it's like that's clearly not you, like that you you've you're you're trying really 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 hard, and I, I just think you know the fact that you were kind of like so honest about <clears throat> where you come from where you were going what you wanted to do with it um and um that that you were kind of yourself in front of camera that 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 to me is how it came across is that you weren't you know you weren't reading from a script at least not that I'm aware of um <laughs> <laughs> if you were off camera if you were well done <laughs> but um yeah. you know it was it was kind of it was very naturalistic and i think you know so many like it's like anything isn't it with advertising people want to try and come across as quirky or alternative and often it just has the exact opposite effect well um, it sounds like you know more about what what went right than i do uh maybe you should read the book mortem i'll just i'll send you the documents i have and you, you can turn it in at the end of the week <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> okay and um and i'll make it an acrostic poem of i have no effing idea how i did this um perfect <laughs> but um but no so you know so so obviously you have reached serious business status um, yeah so that's getting voted on right now yeah so so you're not just um you know you're not just kind of uh, a game designer anymore you are now a game director you know, you have kind of a team, or oh yeah, yeah, um, having a team. It, it's it's been interesting working with other people. Um, I, I mean, not that I haven't worked with other people in, in visual effects, but it's a different kind of work. Like before, I would be paired up or teamed up with people who were all entering uh, the process at the same stage, and very few of us had creative input, and we were just expected to, you know. Um, 
finalize the stage that we were assigned to and then put it back into the shoot for the next uh, group of people to deal with. But here I've, I've gathered up some people who, you know, we're all excited and it's, it's really early. So everything's really malleable mm -hmm. um, in terms of the story. And so like our lore writers are going crazy, just uh, writing lore faster than I can read it. And <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, the, the, uh, I'm really glad I walked into the whole process with like some, some bones, you know, and like the regions planned out and like a general timeline planned out because I can tell if I just, if I just given them like a morsel and said, run with it, they would have, and it would have gone God knows what direction. Um, cause they, they work so fast. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, the two that I'm talking about in particular are, uh, Ben and Harrison. Um, and yeah, they're, they're basically taking all the little, bits and scraps that I had scribbled down on napkins and turning it into like a real backstory. And we've got a wiki going up and it's, it's huge. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a definite change of pace. Yeah. Um, and, and we're generating <coughs> lots and lots of content really quickly. So I'm, I'm really pleased about that. That's good. And, and I think it's funny cause you saying like working with other people, um, you, you know, you see how quickly people work. And I don't know if you yeah. heard this, but but it's this thing of like, um, when you kind of work for yourself or by yourself, um, you're very used to your pace of work and you're very used to kind of, um, you can just, you know how long something will take. So, yeah. you know, if it's a thing of like, okay, so I need to write a blog post, you know, it's that thing of, okay, so I set a much, this much sided part and that that's fine. Um Whereas the thing that terrifies me is because like my my new job's in, in production and it's like you kind of giving people tasks and then two minutes later they're like right that's done what am I doing now and it's like man I didn't I didn't think any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah um you know I was I, I'm telling fifteen people what to do and and, and I just thought you kind of you know go away for a few days and then I'd, I'd think about what you were doing next <laughs> it's just it's just like you know they're just kind of you know back just like done what now. It's like, oh man. <laughs> that, that happened a couple times early on, and now I make a point where every time I assign someone a task, I have next up, like yeah, already yeah. written out so that yeah. we both know what they're doing next. But the, <laughs> the, the, this one particular case, I have, I have a software package I'm using, um, and I'm not, I'm using it almost out of the box, which is unusual. Um, like I like to fiddle with things a little bit more but in this case it pretty much worked out of the box but then i needed to adapt it for use of the oculus rift and i thought okay this is a perfect uh opportunity to outsource an entire programming job just uh, wholesale because usually things are all integrated and i have to like deliver half a project but this i could just give them you know this out of the box package and say make this work with the oculus Mm -hmm. and I had no idea what it was going to cost or how long it would take because I didn't understand the system. I hadn't dug in it. So I, I contacted someone I had in my, you know, Rolodex and was like, hey, you know, can you take a look at this? And, you know, can you give me a bid and let's do a fixed bid so it doesn't go over budget and let's talk about schedule and, you know, get back to me and, and we'll we'll back and forth until we're comfortable with it, blah, blah, blah. And it was this whole big, like, production. Mm. And I, he was like, well, what does it involve? And I was like, I don't know. You're going to tell me. And, you know, we should agree on an hourly rate. And, you know, and I was really concerned about, like, blowing a lot of money on this because I just didn't know what was involved. So the next day he calls back and he's like, yeah, uh, that took, like, ten minutes. <laughs> um, what's next? 
And, and, and then he, he goes on to say, and I don't like to charge for less than an hour of work. So like, do you have something else I can do so I can send you a proper invoice? <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Like, I, I, I had no idea how trivial this task was. So, but that's the last time that'll happen. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, but it's, it's a learning curve, isn't it? And I, I think, you know, um, it's, it's that thing of, um, you know that there are always kind of aspects of of the production that you're kind of unfamiliar with, and uh, you know over time you you become more familiar with it, and then you get the opposite thing where you're like, this should take a day, and then six weeks later nothing's happened. <laughs> right, right. So that that's Th- thankfully that hasn't happened yet. So far, everyone who's been assigned something, even something major, has turned it in ahead of schedule, um, which is kind of blowing my mind. Um, we're, we're we're revamping the whole terrain. You know, like miles and miles of of in-game terrain. That was one of the stretch goals, and I was I was literally prepared to be waiting for like three months. Yeah. Um. And this is like the foundation of all the other content, so I knew that this could be a major delay. Mm. And you know, I found a terrain artist, and we were working out a plan, and sort of like tiptoeing around everything, and you know, making sure everything worked before we lit the fuse. Mm. And he ended up turning it in like three, three, four days early, and which just blew my mind. Because um, <laughs> again, like I've, I've made terrain, I've not made it at this level of quality, and even, even at my level of quality, it, it took a long time. Mm. So for someone else to just, you know, come back and be like, "Yep, you know, this region's done," and I look at it and it looks like, you know, like the most majestic mountain I've ever seen. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> so far so good. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for the major disaster to hit. It has to hit eventually. I don't know what it's going to be. Probably know, the most. If, if you take if you take your Kickstarter as a precedent, um, it's probably just going to be smooth sailing, dude. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just, just don't worry about it. It'll just happen. <laughs> no, the Kickstarter just makes me more nervous because I didn't have a disaster then. Something has to happen, man. Nothing ever goes smoothly forever. So, well, like every every day that goes by, you know when. My computer doesn't explode. That's just <laughs> another notch on uh, on Father Chance's uh, uh, rod of you know bad shit's gonna happen. I just made up a god on the spot. I'd, yeah, really I'd, I'd, I, uh, I, I, I'd quite like. I might I might ask my uh, my illustrator friend to illustrate the uh, the god of shit's gonna happen with his <laughs> with his rod of. Uh, of, of destiny and chance. Um, <laughs> destiny. That's what I was looking for. Um, yeah. yeah that, that's that's next year's Halloween costume right there. <laughs> but um, no, and uh, you know the thing that kind of blows my mind about it is that well, well, actually, quickly, what's going to happen is you know before we were talking about alien invasion. Um, on the day before release, there will be a massive alien invasion of just Seattle. <laughs> oh, well, there you and, go. And your and your all, all of your work will be wiped. Um, that that will be your disaster. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, if it does, film it. It'll be cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll get that. <laughs> and Will Smith will probably do it because he said he's not doing AAA films anymore. So um, you could probably get he's him in front doing... of camera. What's this? I, I missed this bit of pop culture. What did he say? Really? Have you? I, I guess. I guess you have been. Like, I've been out of the loop. In, no. in, locked in your cellar. Um, right. Okay. So essentially, after the massive flop that um, that was, um, what was it even called? 
that's that's uh, how good this film final earth or something after earth after earth there we go um <laughs> yeah that the m night shenanigans film um right he it got slated so badly and he got slated so badly that he was like right no more triple a films um so oh. good good luck trying to find indie film directors that will pay you 40 million dollars mr smith <laughs> that's an odd choice on his part because it's like that's like going to a restaurant with a reputation for serving up like steaks with band-aids on them and you know <laughs> and then and then finding a band-aid and a steak and saying that's it no more gourmet restaurants for me <laughs> just go to another gourmet restaurant like M. Night Shyamalan is not like he's he's the band-aid chef just leave him out of it I don't, I don't understand that's an odd choice to make I have to say yeah. your time in your cellar has made your metaphors um <laughs> Somewhat obtuse, but we'll go with them anyway. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, I, I think you're on to something because what I've been trying to do for the last couple of days is I'm a big fan of when I'm programming. I have to come up with metaphors for uh, for like the objects that I'm creating, and I'm working with the mod system right now. And, uh, and I find... I do this because I find when I'm trying to explain it to somebody or, or when I'm trying to make it usable by somebody else, it's so much easier if I can just say, you know, well, you know, the rabbit hops into its bunny hole and then it chews a carrot instead of, you know, well, this memory address does this and that and, you know, and so on. So I, I have been racking my brain coming up with <laughs> just the most bizarre metaphors that can encapsulate like the functionality that, uh, that I'm, <laughs> I'm creating with this mod system. So, it does not surprise me that my mo- that my uh, uh, metaphors have become more obtuse during well, this time. <laughs> what I like about that is, are you familiar with the idea of user stories in video game production? Well, in software production? I'm not sure. Okay, so essentially... Um, is this going to be one of those cases where I, I've, I've taken pride in creating this principle, <laughs> and then it turns out that somebody has not only like made it, but... But come up with a catchy name for it. And, you, you, and it's you've like taken widely it to, known. You've taken it to a whole other level because essentially what it is is in um, in agile management you get this thing called user stories. So uh-huh. essentially what you'll say is um, so it's a way of of um, breaking down your 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 game production or your software production into kind of manageable chunks. So what you do is you'll say um, as as a player, I want to kill a soldier with a gun because otherwise they will kill me. Okay. So that's the user story, and then you kind of break that down into, okay, so what do you need to do? What do you need to put into place in order to make this happen? Um, or, you know, as a player, I want to be able to um, jump and grab on to ledges in order to gain access to higher levels in, you know, higher areas in the level. So that's a user story, and then you know you you um, kind of break it down, and then it's it's just a way of kind of making sure that everything you want to be in the game, or the users would want to be in the game, is in the game. Uh, and just in case EA are listening, that was in the context of a sentence. I wasn't stealing your "it's in the game" thing, so it's <laughs> fine. Um, but um, you gotta be careful these days. Yeah, because yeah, God knows everybody from EA is listening to my podcast. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, so, but what you've done is you've taken metaphorical user stories or user stories <laughs> to the level of metaphor where you've essentially uh, become kind of a gaming production Confucius. Um, <laughs> 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 um, which, uh, which, there you go. 
I'll have I'll have your quote from earlier on the front of my comic, and you can have. I am the the the, uh, the the gaming production equivalent to Confucius on on the front of your game. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, everyone yeah. will know exactly what we're both talking about. <laughs> Lots especially, of sales all around. Yeah, especially due to the fact that I'm cutting the part that I just referenced out of the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. It's a, it's a very very professional production. And <laughs> it's not just me with an iPad uh, blabbering. It's fine. Um, okay. So yeah. So 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 yeah. So um, I think these these kind of little production quirks always come out um, when you're locked in a room by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, well, the other part is I'm not strictly by myself. I'm working with uh, a lot of people at this point, and uh, I've 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 finally sort of dived into Skype uh, mm-hmm. with both feet. I, I never really made use of the video conferencing. And I've also got this forum um, set up. Like, I've got the backers forums. But then mm-hmm. as a sub-forum, i got a development forum, which is something I've always kind of dreamed about. I've tried to make it happen several times in the past, but uh, it, it, it never quite gelled. Like, with mm-hmm. short film projects and stuff, I tried to bring everything into a forum. But um, I, I spend, you know, a solid four or five hours a day interacting with um, team members on the forum. It's not strictly real time, but um, it's it's very much like a virtual game studio. You know, mm. we're all posting work and we're all giving feedback and we're all, quote, in the same room, mm. you know, instead of me being a hub and trying to, like, communicate to everyone individually what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I like, literally, I am sitting alone by myself, um, but metaphorically... Again? Um, yeah, again, yeah. Here we go. Again. Metaphorically, no. It, it feels like I'm at a, at a game studio. Uh, like, like that, that's really like the feeling that uh, that I get when I wake up in the morning is that I'm going to the office, yeah. um, which I which I sincerely didn't expect. I thought it would be a little more um, remote and distant, but it's not. It's working out really well. well. I think the next most obvious question is: Do you wear a suit to work? <laughs> Shh, I don't even own a suit, man. I got a I got a Breaking Bad shirt from uh, my last VFX job, nice. and I was thrilled because I have not bought a new sh- I have not bought or received a new shirt in years. This is the first <laughs> new T-shirt, <laughs> and it looks it looks new too. I was like, wow, it's like not even threadbare. So. <laughs> okay, when's your birthday? I'll send you a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm not announcing my birthday. I don't want anybody. I hate birthday. Man, wishes. what is it with people? There's another guy that I do a podcast with who yeah. I said, I said um, when's your birthday? I'll, I'll get you. Basically, I call him, I work with him, and I call him Sir Toby of Rutter because his name is Toby Rutter. And <laughs> I said for his birthday, I get his name changed to Deepole, you know, by Deepole to Sir Toby of Rutter. Um, or I did give him the choice of Lord Sir Toby of Rutter. Um but um, but then he wouldn't tell me when his birthday is. It's like I'm not I'm not gonna like turn up at your house in a cake. Like I just. But you don't know though. I mean, you say that, but you know, then you're out at a restaurant and suddenly all the staff comes out and starts clapping at you. I, I've I've warned family members that if they ever pull that on me, I will dump my ice water over their head and leave without even cracking a smile. And I'm not joking. So I just have to be. I'm protecting myself, man. Protecting yeah, I myself. Just, I just have images of you giving it like the full Hulk, like throw the table, and just <laughs> just. Walk. Oh no no! You gotta see because even that's a form of entertainment. You gotta be ice cold. 
You got to be as cold as the water you're dumping on their head and just leave. And then, you know, let the staff stand there and awkwardly, like, either finish or not. And, you know, maybe someone starts crying. That would be best. You know, just, like, you got to teach an all-around lesson not to do it again. I see. Now you've got your money. The true Lars <laughs> comes out. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is the true me the whole time. <laughs> now, now, you're just, now you're just like, yeah, well, I want to make my family cry, so screw it. <laughs> I guess I'm... I'm I should count myself lucky that uh, no one at the uh, campaign tried to sing me a happy birthday song or the whole thing might have gone downhill. So it would have been a PR disaster. Yeah, and now it's just like, I'm rich, bitch, deal with it. <laughs> just throwing tables, just letting the real side come out. Man, well, money's the, changed you. <laughs> the thing about the money is I keep wanting to tell everybody, especially – and. If you're a backer and you're listening to this and you're young, please don't take this the wrong way. But if they're young and they don't understand how quickly money evaporates, um, <laughs> like they see the numbers and they think, oh, he can do anything now. And so they start saying, you know, hey, why don't you just do all of those top 25 features, you know, that, that you're letting us vote on instead of just three? Um, and I can tell it's because they think I have like, you know, a quadrillion billion dollars, you know, like many, many times their allowance. Um, you know, and I, I just wish I could pull out some pie charts and say, no, okay, now here's where the money's going and here's why it's disappearing yeah. so quickly. And I can't, I, I'm, I promise you, I'm not, I'm not spending it on ding dongs. Like it, <laughs> it's, it I'm really does go away very quickly. I'm, and, you know, I, I think the thing is as well is that, you know, what a lot of people, people have this thing, you know, cause obviously my job before this was in digital publishing and that pe- people say like, oh, well, it's just free now because because it doesn't cost you anything to make it and it doesn't cost you anything to ship it so it should be free and it's right. like, well, wait a second like an author spent like 50 60 hours writing the book um right you know like physical goods aren't the only thing that's yeah, coming yeah. like you know we've 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 had three people editing the book you know like it's like it's it's not just kind of Oh, there's no physical thing. So, and also, what people don't understand as well is that the contents is valuable. Like the the transference of knowledge is valuable. The transference of ideas is valuable. So that in the yeah. same way as like your the, your game, you know, people aren't just paying for for kind of a file. They're paying for the little bit of your brain and the 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 massive chunk of your life that you've invested into it and the risk that you've taken and you know all of those different things are factored in um, and all the writers and the artists that are yeah, working yeah, on yeah yeah exactly and you know and I all mean, of those like people need to eat <laughs> that's the other thing is um uh and it's easier to forgive them it's easier to forgive them for that you know, like even even people who kind of should know better it's easier to forgive them for thinking that time isn't valuable as opposed to like physical goods, but still, you know, uh, when when someone complains about the art not being up to snuff, you know, meaning that it's not AAA, mm. you know, and never will be, um, mm. and I'll say, well, you know, I I I could make it that good if I hired like ten artists and worked them for eighty hours a week and paid them nothing, mm. you know, like we could do that, but that's not really cool, right? And and uh, um, often, well, not that often. There's a vocal minority who believes that there's nothing wrong with that as long as it produces, you know, something extraordinary at the end. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's the product that you, that you take pride in, and that and like that 
amazes people. Like that's your reward for working mm-hmm. on it. Um, but you know, I just don't think that way. Like it's never been, that's never been okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, like the art team that I have working is, it's not even fair to call it a team. It's more like, um, it's like art assassins, you know, <laughs> Like I thought most, you were going to say, in, in, in most situations, there's no iron team, but this guy's alone, so there's definitely <laughs> an iron team. <laughs> well, for Skyrim or something, mm-hmm. um, which is always the one that, that people say, you know, oh, well, you know, th- that rack of lamb doesn't look as good as it does in Skyrim. Um, and again, that's, that's a minority. Most people understand the limits mm-hmm. on, on indie games. But in Skyrim, you hire an army of artists, and they just march. It's a march from one end of the realm to the other and they just take out whatever's in their path. Right. Mm. Um, and they eat and they sleep and they camp, uh, and, and you know, the general or whatever just w- wakes them up in the morning and says March and that's <laughs> how they do it. Right. But with me, that's not going to work. I can't feed an army. I can't, um, I, I can't, I can't support an army. Mm. So I hire assassins every once in a while. I'll, I'll, you know, go to the back alley and you know, give a few coins to a man and say. Just in case you know, anybody's wondering, this is again another metaphor. <laughs> this is a metaphor. <laughs> um, uh, I, I go to the you know the crimey district and I I pay a, a guy a couple of gold coins and say, we need this target eliminated within four days. <laughs> and he he nods and says it shall be done. And then, you know, like he doesn't he doesn't work with the other assassins or whatever. It's just all of a sudden, boom! Uh, his head gets. Uh, delivered to me on a platter, and and then I don't see him again until I need him again, and that's the only way that uh, uh, I can stretch this amount of money thin yeah. enough to to get art assets done. Yeah. Um, so this has been my extended rant uh, <laughs> in response to people demanding that uh, I hire people for peanuts and and work them like slaves. I'm not a general. I'm I'm a guy hiring assassins in a just, dark alley with so gold coins. This the title of this podcast will be the Lars Ranton Metaphor Podcast. <laughs> um, but um, no, I mean the one thing I will say is that kind of in defence of of um, kind of indie games that that um, that don't kind of that can't you know that do have kind of teams of people that work not for free but for kind of little amounts of money is you know the one way of doing it is to kind of give give people a vested interest in the game and you know have a kind of commonality of uh, of vision um and i think you know because you know i'm just i'm thinking of kind of like the green man uh, well the green men or you know uh, a lot of indie games that i've seen people working on is where you you know i mean indie indie studios are indie studios and um you know most work on a shoestring budget at best and right you know it's that thing of people i mean much like you know with with frontiers um you know i imagine everybody you have working on it loves the idea of frontiers oh yeah sure otherwise firstly knowing you the way you know in in the kind of limited way i do but i imagine you wouldn't want them working on the game if they didn't love it um but no because then you're just you know pulling teeth yeah Um, and you know and, and i think that's where to me um, it, it becomes not, you know, it, well, it becomes acceptable in that, you know, you say, 
you're on board and I'm on board because we want this game to happen. And at the end, whether we succeed or fail, we succeed together or we fail together. And I think oh no, like that that's a different situation. And yeah, mm-hmm. that 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 to me is is fine. Like I've got um, there are a couple of dedicated artists, like given the terrain artist. Um, mm-hmm. He's on board. Um, like he's he's not full time, but I mean he's putting in a lot of hours, and he has complete ownership over the terrain. I've basically mm-hmm. handed it to him and said, "Make this beautiful. It's yours, and you can now have the satisfaction of knowing." Um, like he's basing it on on my original terrain, but um, you know he's and he has to work within the confines of the lore. But beyond that, I'm not intruding. I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's not mine anymore, right? So he has the satisfaction of knowing that if. If a player plays the game and turns the corner and sees like a spectacular vista, that is his moment. Mm. Um, and I think that uh, if if an artist, if if I can give that to an artist, um, then it's okay that I can't, you know, uh, finance his Rolls Royce or whatever. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, but but for smaller assets, for you know, like hey, I need twelve apples, and. <laughs> You know, can can you build me like a couple of trees? You know, I can't expect the same level of commitment from them because I'm not giving them that same thing. Yeah. So I, I see them as separate separate things. Like on the one hand, you've got you know ownership. On the other hand, you, you've just got like a little chunk of work. And mm. uh, I, I don't I don't feel I have the right to like uh, like the other thing that I do with the with the assassins. Um, I shouldn't call them that. I call them blacksmiths and the. Uh, in the uh, forums, more metaphors. Um, but the other thing I, I, is I, I try not to make uh, really crazy schedule demands because I, I feel for the amount they're getting paid and the amount of ownership that they, that they receive, mm. I just don't have that right. Um, mm. But I can tell there are a lot of people who don't feel that way. They feel like if you, if you hire someone, then you get to tell them how to live their life no matter how little you're paying them and no matter how little they're getting out of it. Uh, mm. And I just don't – I don't subscribe to that that way of thinking, I suppose. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, I think it's it's the kind of wonderful thing about indie games um, and, and indie games development is um, you find yourself working with the most kind of obscenely passionate people. Um, yeah. Because – at the end of the day, the people who want to, the, the the people who want kind of, you know, fifty grand a year, company car, private health insurance, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, and like you say, kind of work on, you know, it's like, um, I I met a guy who, um, this was out in Canada, whose job it was to um, skin the footballs for um, to to, te- to texture the footballs in um, or the soccer balls, sorry, um, uh-huh. in uh, in FIFA, and that's all he did, like all okay. day, every day, like just and and he had he had kind of the real life football next to him, and then just matched that texture, and okay then, and it's like if you're happy doing that. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd go insane, and I'd I'd take an assault rifle to the office one day. <laughs> um, so you know, it's just that thing of you know, it's kind of the crazy thing about working in in, in indie development is that people kind of accept that they're going to have to take a pay cut or they're going to have to, you know, the it's that thing of kind of the the rewards now are quite minimal but the rewards are the work of the project of the, the team of people that you get to work with 
And then if it is a success, you know, much like your your own, then you get to complete that vision. And, you know, that that's an amazing thing that, that you get to drive the vision of a game forward and drive the direction of a game forward and actually have influence within a studio. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one thing, you know, I have to say about kind of from working in it in an indie environment is I'm just blown away by the passion of people because I, I thought I was kind of a rare breed. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was just in a room full of them. And it's yeah, yeah. It's a it's an absolute pleasure to to be in that position. It's different because it's a different feeling than I'm used to. Because I I've been in rooms full of people who are fantastically talented in visual mm-hmm. effects, right? But the the industry was so broken that it smashed the passion out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just squeezed the passion out of them. And so I I haven't been around this many people who are passionate before. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a totally different feeling. Like uh, you know. It's it's interesting to know that if you ask them to do something, uh, and as long as the thing isn't stupid, you know, like, you know, hey, let's let's create uh, a story for this castle. It's inter- it's kind of interesting, and it's it's sort of heartwarming to know that if I um, if I say that to one of the people I'm working with, they're not going to be like, eh, yeah, okay, can I get it to you by Friday? Because I'm I'm you know, yeah. <laughs> Like that's not going to happen. They just say mm-hmm. yeah, and then by that afternoon they have two pages written. Um, yeah. That's it's a totally different uh, headspace. Um, and the other thing is, on the forums, on the backers forums, I'm constantly having to monitor what people are up to um, in the non-development section because they're they're developing, like they're yeah. they're making stuff for the game, and uh, and in a lot of cases it's just like their own thing and and you know whatever, uh, but. Mm. Uh, in some cases, I'm spotting stuff, and I'm like, "That is freaking brilliant!" And I end up making them, um, you know, an assassin for a day or whatever, so that I, uh, so that I can import it into the game. Like somebody made a uh, a musical notation font because we've got these books, these in-game books, mm-hmm. and somebody really wanted to put a song in the books, but I I told them, "I'm sorry, I can't do musical notation. Like I just I have no way to support that technically." So somebody just invents this font that. It lets, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like you can type out a song using these symbols. It's as far as I know, and I'm speaking as a musical layman here. This doesn't exist anywhere else. And uh, <laughs> and I saw it. I was like, holy shit, that is the coolest thing. So now uh, I brought them on. They're a developer now, and they're just working on this font. That's like their job. And so now you're gonna be able to type music into your books. Um, and. So little things like that are always going on. Somebody's already got the box art designed, even though they'll probably never be a box. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, normally, like when I'm trying to, I, I just think back to when I was making short films, and I'm I'm trying to make calls and get people together and trying to get them to be into this, mm. you know, into my project and not their project. Mm. Um, and here it's like I'm tripping over people who are into it. It's yeah. <laughs> there's so many I don't know what to do with them. So yeah. But I think I think you know that that is the thing to me is is, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of a very passionate person, and if if people don't have that passion, it gets me pissed off. Like, yeah. and and I'm just like I'm just like you know, how can you live your you life care? in su- in such apathy? Like you know, like what's what's the point of existing and being and especially being in the creative industries? Like you know. And it, and often it is that thing of like you say they've just had it smashed out of them, yeah. And they're kind of yeah. they're just kind of like, you know, 
well, I got a credit for, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's pecs <laughs> in, right. in, uh, in Terminator Salvation, because that's all I did. And it took me, you know, Six a months. year <laughs> of sitting at a computer sculpting pecs in ZBrush and then exporting it. And, uh, but, you know, and I just kind of think it it's that it is just so weird because you know like you say with kind of you know starting kind of little um indie projects in film and stuff it it's and i don't know whether it's kind of with games people it's gaming gaming um communities are this kind of rare breed and you know we've touched on it before that it can swing the other way and they become they can become too evangelical about your game yeah and yeah. too defensive but it's like that kind of passion I just haven't come across in kind of any in fact no actually I've come across it in music where yeah, yeah. you go to like some crummy little bar and there's like this band of like four dudes and there's just like the most screaming like over the top fangirl at the front and you're just like man like if I could take that energy <laughs> you know, like, I so, <laughs> I've noticed the same thing, and I swear. Um, and and it's interesting you point out the music because I, I think it figures into this. And this is just my you know armchair analysis. I haven't really thought too deeply about this, but I I think the reason gaming um, is like that is one because there's a really strong social aspect to it mm-hmm. um, now. Anyway, it wasn't always the case, but now um, uh, on the platform that that gaming happens on, like the computer. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really social. Uh, in the games themselves, it's social, and it's a generation that is totally comfortable with being social on a computer. And there's just this interconnectedness um, that comes out of that. And the second thing is it's it's basically free compared to almost any other major major uh, discipline or hobby or what what have you. Uh, even making a short film, if you want to do that right, that's ten thousand dollars at a minimum. Uh, for decent equipment, and this is without paying anybody. Um, you know, like there are the rare cases where you, where you can find subject matter and you can find equipment uh, cheaply enough to do it, basically for nothing. But uh, the effort that it takes to do it um, still requires uh, a time investment, and uh, you know, like you you can't do it without a car. Uh, you absolutely cannot do it without uh, people who really really know what they're doing. But the gaming thing. You you don't need anything except your computer, which they're they're pretty much ubiquitous at this point. Everyone has mm-hmm. a computer. Um, uh, like culturally, you're expected to have a computer and an internet connection, um, and uh, uh, you can develop a game for nothing. Like you can do that uh, if if you want to just make a little flash game. Um, it's it's one of the few th- it's one of the few things left where uh, if you want to make your own thing. Uh, that competes with, you know, something like EA or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you actually can make something that's as good or better in terms of fun. Like, if you want mm-hmm. to make a short film that's as good or better than, you know, a blockbuster in terms of fun, that is a lot of money and hard work. Yeah, but yeah. if you if you want to make a game that's as fun as, you know, uh, SimCity 5 or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it just takes a little bit of ingenuity and you know some programmer art and mm-hmm. you can get that same amount of fun out of it and i think mm-hmm. that's why i think that's where the passion comes from because the stakes are so low mm-hmm. you know um 
Yeah. With, with every time I was working on a freaking short film with with somebody, I just felt the money burning. You know, I could, I could, I could, I could hear the crackling money. You know, this bonfire. <laughs> I was like, oh god, we're losing. You know, fifty dollars every ten seconds, mm. and that's just not. You know, the state, the stakes are nice and low with with game development for for the most part. But I think the thing that's nice about it as well is, um, is I, I don't know about about you, but I kind of people 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 love to say like, oh, I work really well under pressure. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, but you might work well and you might get lots done, but you're not necessarily your most creative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, there's a reason why when I go on holiday, I have loads of ideas. And it's because you have kind of space and time and freedom to to kind of think. And I think, like you say, um, with, with kind of indie development on, on a very small scale, it's that thing of... Um, it doesn't cost me anything to sit and think. Um, right. Whereas, like, like you say, you know, if if you if you turn up on set and you've got kind of three actors, um, you know, a lighting guy, a sound guy, a cameraman, um, you know, okay, so that's already, you know, like seven, eight, nine, ten people, however many, and then you're shooting and you go, this scene doesn't work. Yeah. But but you have to rewrite it there and then. There's no kind of okay. Well, everybody go home, um, right? And uh, we'll meet up again tomorrow and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, like you say, it's just that thing of like, um. So so then you kind of at you at your most stressed and you don't have time, you don't have space. So what you then do is you almost end up coming up with kind of the minimum viable product of script. So it's kind of like whatever we can do to make this work in the time we have with the people we have in the location we have with the team. We have, you know. um, right. Whereas, you know, like you say, you know, with, with kind of small scale indie, indie development, you can just kind of go, I'm going to go to bed and, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll get up in the morning and look at him on it with fresh eyes and it'll all be groovy. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've been doing that a lot lately. Like I'll get stuck on something or, or some, uh, you know, someone will turn it an asset and it's not quite right. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you said, if I was on a set and the dominoes are falling uh, and someone turns up with a prop that's not right, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. But here I'm like, well, maybe we can make that right. You know, mm. like maybe we can just reroute around the damage because it's not like it's not like the asset is bad. It's just mm. not quite what we needed. But did we really need that? I don't know. And it's like you can you can uh, reroute around damage creatively like that instead of going for the minimum viable product. Mm. Um and it it saves everybody a lot of time and heartache, you know. Yeah. Like uh, like somebody turned up with uh, uh, my details are fuzzy now, but somebody turned up with a lore uh, writing assignment wasn't quite right. Like it wasn't quite what what I needed or what I thought I needed. And I was typing up a response like, okay, well we got to go back and fix this because it doesn't line up to this and this and that. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'll send this later. I go to bed. I wake up in the the next morning and I start going over my re- reply and I. Re- and it's like bullet point by bullet point, I'm realizing, no, we don't need to worry about that because mm. everything's so open-ended right now. You know, it's an illusion to think that we can't change things and we just change it and went on our merry way and everything's fine. So, yeah. And and also it has, you know, you have the room to be kind of iterative. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a thing of like, you know, like, for example, like you say, you know, with, with a prop, um, 
so you have your film crew there and then the prop turns up and you can't go okay so let's let's just kind of tweak this and tweak that and you know this is good but that's not so great and we can you know let's go back to the drawings and let's you know let's get like that prop has been designed like six months before and the guy mm-hmm. who designed it is now in a completely different film and yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it's just like this is it this is what we have there's, there's nothing we can do like unless right. we can unless we can make it better unless you can do a george lucas and use a lady's feminine like razor as as a jedi <laughs> communicator <laughs> like and you know it's basically unless we can do it better with gaffer tape or um you know duct tape or any form of tape that i would find on a film set this is the prop we go with <laughs> yeah yeah it's so refreshing to be able to tell like steve who's doing the music like he'll say when does this do and i say okay well we need to know how long the tracks are by september um and then you can just keep working on it until we're done you know, like you have as long as you want, buddy. Uh, just, just so long as the track length doesn't change, yeah. and uh, that's just cool. You know, I don't. I, not a, not everything has to be lined up perfectly. Uh, mm. You can you can just refine and refine and refine, and it's it's all good. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I like it. It's 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 totally different. It's way more laid back. Um, I mean, that's not to say I'm working less. It's it's as much work, but it's not. It the, the pressure is different. It's mm. it's <laughs> pressure to be good instead of pressure just to deliver. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that sums it up perfectly, spot on. That that yeah. is that is it. You know, you have you have a pressure for excellence, not to kind of have it done yesterday. And that's right. you know that that's a that's a really nice kind of position to be in. And also, you know, this this is exactly what I was saying in in that that's when you get your most creative things. And I think that's where, to me, you know, I'm a big I'm a big comic book fan. I'm a big uh, gaming fan. I'm a big TV and film fan and the one kind of medium out of all of those that keeps shocking me that keeps kind of surprising me and keeps involving me is is video games Mm -hmm. and i'm beginning to understand why it is that it's such a creative medium um i mean it's it's like i don't know if you've seen indie game the movie um i have yeah but you know like um you know when they say you know it is this you know gaming is the combination of everything i love you know music film um you know games board game like it's everything in one and yeah that, yeah. that allows you so much room to be creative you know and I, I think it it's 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 just really nice and i think the nice thing is as well is that you've probably <laughs> experienced this as well is that like the indie game community is this weird kind of tiny incestuous community <laughs> yeah. where, where everybody knows a guy who worked on this who worked on this who's this guy's brother and um it's really nice because everybody kind of um it's like you know you'll see somebody at a, at a kind of networking thing and you start to see the same faces and you know the same people and it's quite nice that there is kind of a, a sense of community there um, yeah yeah uh, unless you rub people the wrong way um, yeah. which, which apparently was happening, like speaking of indie game, this is one piece of pop culture that I've managed to stay on top of. Um, presumably you heard about Fez 2 yeah, being yeah. cancelled all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, man. For, well, uh, so is, a boon is, and a curse is the insular is nature. Fish is he, it's funny because when I watched Indie Game the movie, Phil Fish was the one person who 
clearly allowed what people said on kind of Twitter and Facebook and you know all those kind of things to yeah. really affect him like you could see him getting you know so wound up by it and it's like the way I see it is no matter what you put on the internet no matter how pure and beautiful and amazing it is you will get destroyed um, oh sure because the fact of the matter is is that firstly kind of the the go-to voice for most people within the gaming community on social networking is from a negative sarcastic standpoint right um that's kind of like the the default position um because that's kind of considered cool to be like that um, and I think you know what you have to do is you have to be selective, and you have to say, is this is this constructive criticism or is this fanboy hatred? Um, and you know, Phil Fish is one of those people who, like Fez, was phenomenal, an absolutely incredible game, yeah, such yeah. a talented dude. And it just like it it destroys me that he allowed. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily kind of set in stone that the reason why he cancelled it is because of kind of the hate that he got through through so well i don't i don't think it's even set in stone that he canceled it i i i think personally i I like to believe that what he's doing is what he should have done from the beginning which is just to become a hermit Mm. um and finish it in isolation Mm. you know where he's comfortable because um because yeah it's like you say uh he was attracting the bad kind of criticism Mm -hmm. you know like like vinegar attracts flies it's just Mm -hmm. something about his personality uh, just it was like a dog whistle to bullies mm. saying you know I will I will respond to you and give you the light show that you want mm-hmm. um, and I think the smartest thing for him to do would would be to just say uh, I'm out I'm not I'm not developing anymore and then just to go into a cave and and make the next beautiful amazing game yeah. uh, and then release it you know and not do any press because mm. uh, clearly it's just not his thing. Like I, 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 I don't believe. Like a lot of people say, well, it's just a, a prerequisite. You have to be able to. You have to have a super thick skin in order to be in this business or whatever. Mm. And I don't really. I don't ever like to believe that about any business. Mm. I, I mean, I suppose bodyguard, maybe. You know, like there are some <laughs> which which break. Soldier. Right. <laughs> like, he's shooting at me. Um, <laughs> You know, Stop so this it. is it's somewhat idealistic, but I, I I feel like a job like indie game developer, like there's no reason why you should have to have a thick skin um, yeah. for anybody except like uh, a couple of choice uh, folks that you trust to criticize your work. Um, yeah. And I, I think he just needs to stop doing press and stop, you know, fanning the flames with with his tweets or whatever, which is exactly what he's doing. So I, I like to believe he's he's working on Fez 2 right now mm. uh, and doing what he was born to do and not doing what he was not born to do clearly. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, this is this is the thing is, you know, with Twitter, it is, you know, age-old adages tend to be around because they're good. And that <laughs> whole thing of you live by the sword, you die by the sword is is a very, very kind of true thing. And I think, you know, people, <clears throat> it's funny because, you know, obviously um, through my job, I, I have to work with social media and Twitter and all those kind of things. Um and you know the, the the words that people always use when when kind of promoting a game is transparency, honesty, um, 
the you know the, those kind of things. Yeah. But I think about the game, about the company, about the product, not about you. You know, and I think the big, the you know, have a face to the games, show your team. I think that's fine. But with Phil Fish, like you say, he had that personality where he rose to everything. And it's, yeah. it's, that, it's that thing of, you know, when you were on the school bus when you were a kid and the bully got on, he just strikes me as the kid who stood up and was just like, what are you looking at? <laughs> just like, and everybody right. just goes, oh, man. Oh, uh, why? What are you why? doing? And, you know, and I yeah. just think it's that thing of, you know, you can't wear your heart on your sleeve with these things and you can't just like, res- and you know, like respond to tweets, talk to, you know, interact with your community. Like, you know, you've done it amazingly well with Frontiers, but you haven't kind of started talking about your family and, you know, like, you know, the, the kind of personal effect it's having on you. And, you know, those kind of, because the thing is, is people will pick up on that. Like people can be sadists, like they will pick you apart for it. And Oh yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like a, like a shark smells blood, you know, like that, mm-hmm. that's what, um, I, I, there are people, if there's a fly in the room buzzing around me, I can't take it. I have to smash that fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and there are two kinds of people I feel like attract bullies. There's the ones who just clearly look like victims and they just give off mm-hmm. that victim vibe, um, which is, you know, I mean, that's just hard to watch. And then there are the ones who just can't stand having a bully around. And so they just keep trying to swat them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, I feel like Phil was both. Mm. Uh, it was the worst possible combination. Like on top of just sounding like a wounded guy who, mm. you know, you and just enticing bullies to just like stick their finger in his eye. Mm. Once they did it, he couldn't stop until he'd swatted them away, which mm. of course doesn't work on the internet because however many you topple, it's like zombies. You know, <laughs> you can kill ten thousand. There's still a hundred thousand more. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the thing yeah. is as well is it's that thing of um, there's no knockout punch on the internet. Like, no. There's there's no kind of like you know if if there's a bully and it really kind of comes down to it and you pick up a chair and hit him, like that yeah, probably that will not... work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's like on the internet there is no chair, there is no there is no bludgeon. You know that. Um, you know, like like typing requires minimal effort at the best of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even yeah. even uh, even digital smackdowns like uh, DCMA uh, or whatever. I mean, even those uh, are minimally effective. Yeah, so, and, you know, yeah. And, and and the the thing that I'd say is like, I I love Fez and I really admire Phil Fish and I really admire the work that he did, um, and I really hope. He is he is making Fez two because it would be um, a follow up to a game that thoroughly deserved it from one of the most creative uh, game designers of his generation. Um, and you know, like you say, I think maybe just learn that PR isn't your thing. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, um, no shame in it. Yeah, yeah, like uh, th- there isn't at all. And the thing is, is that the funny thing is, is um, if you look at people like Peter Molyneux, um, again, a game designer who I think is one of the, you know, well, he is one of the best of his generation, phenomenal guy uh, in what he did. I loved the Fable games, but promised too much and got defensive on things and, you know, and 
if you look at people like kind of Hideo Kojima, they just they just make the game. Yeah, they just, yeah. They just get on with it. Um, oh man, were you following the uh, O Zombie project? Yeah, uh, American McGee's. Uh, yeah, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, no, well, but... it, was, it was the Oz. Re- it was the Wizard of Oz um, thing, wasn't it? Like... Right, right. Um, and I loved Alice, and I think I, I think he's amazing. But mm. um, holy crap, I, I never expected. Uh, it, it was so bizarre watching him handle that the sort of implosion mm-hmm. that happened with that Kickstarter project. Mm. Um, and again, I don't know how closely you were watching it, but what basically happened was he put up uh, um, O Zombie mm. and in all its glory and said, okay, here it is. And then uh, combined with it was this sort of uh, Alice in Wonderland film rights thing, mm. um, which I, I still don't quite understand. And I went in and I was ready to pledge sight unseen for mm. – an, an American uh, Wizard of Oz game, right? Like I was – I had my wallet out and I got there <laughs> and I started reading it and I watched the video and it was it was really confusing and it didn't really sh- – it didn't really show – I mean it was like well made but I didn't understand. I was like is this what I think it is? Mm. You know, like what is this project? And then I started reading it and the Alice stuff started getting mixed in. So anyway, the point is I, I ended up not pledging because I, I literally didn't understand what I was getting into. And so this resulted in like a little bit of negative feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Well, holy crap! I have never seen someone um, so sort of swinging, <laughs> right? Like his response to the negativity was alarmingly negative. It's in itself, yeah. and uh, and I I was just like sitting back in horror, like, dude, mm-hmm. you're 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 tanking your own. Kickstarter and it ended up getting canceled because it, it was just so confusing. Like there were days when I think he had negative pledges and stuff because people were mm. pulling out, and think, he just needed to hire a dude. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been the end of that, but for mm-hmm. some reason, it it didn't. But I think yeah. the the thing to remember as well is you know if you take your personal experience, your initial um, campaign on Indiegogo didn't work. Mm. Yeah, but and I got I got a lot of crowdfunding. Yeah, and your second crowdfunding was a massive success. And this is the thing: is you know people seem to forget that you can have another Kickstarter. It's fine, and right. you can and you can play about with it, and you can adjust it, and you can you can look at okay, you know maybe we didn't show enough, maybe we didn't tell them enough, you know maybe our goal was too high, you know, and you can restructure it, and then you might get double what you thought. You know, look at look at your thing. You you got you got twice. Because I think was your original goal eighty thousand on Indiegogo. Uh, original goal was fifty with 50, eighty okay. as, as the stretch goal. Yeah. Okay. No, so no, no, got... no, no. I, I have that backwards. Uh, it was eighty on Indiegogo. Yeah. And then it was fifty on Kickstarter with eighty for the initial stretch goals. Yeah. So because yeah, okay. I, I thought it was eighty on Indiegogo. So so what you've done is by restructuring, you've actually doubled your initial stretch goal. Like, that's insane. You know, and that's through not coming out the gates fighting and realizing that if people aren't investing in it, maybe it's just the way you're presenting it. It's not that your game sucks. It's not that you suck. It's not that, you know, everybody who's not invested in you is the devil. And right. You know, it, it's like I, 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 I wanted to go on to that. Uh, I wanted to pledge so that I could go onto the comments and make some suggestions because mm-hmm. to, to me, like I, like the failure was so personal uh, when I went in there, like with with my wallet open and walked mm. out with it closed, I wanted to say, mm. "Okay, here's what threw me off. 
and la-di-da. But then I started reading the comments where people were making these suggestions and telling them, hey, you should relaunch, and you know, I'd rather see this. And it was just not being received very well. So I ended up not doing it because I didn't want to get you know, smacked down by American on his own project. You know, it's like you, you drive away, you know, you drive away uh, voices of reason. Um, it was just kind of shocking. I, I, I expected uh, uh, I expected him to be more open to that kind of thing, I guess. And I'm not criticizing him personally. I'm just saying that, you know, PR isn't isn't his thing, I guess. But this, but this is have. exactly it. And, this, you know, this is what I was saying about Phil Fish. It's like the same with American McGee. He, like... Honestly, the original Alice and like you know, phenomenal. You are an amazing game designer. You have an incredible imagination. You know, right? Like, those are your those are, that's your tool set. It's in much the same way as as uh, you know, seventeen and a half stone, six foot two, bumbling northerner. I understand that being a ballerina is probably out of my sight. So. <laughs> If in a short film I wanted somebody to do an elegant dance routine, as much as I'd love to try and do that, <laughs> I'd probably bring somebody else in. Um, yeah, and you know, Might it's be a just, good idea. It's it's recognizing your strengths, and the thing is, is that it's the it's one of the problems when people become a kind of auteur, um, mm. is they believe that they have to be kind of seen and heard at all times around the game. Um, and it's like no the reason you're famous is cuz and the reason you have that attention is cuz you made good games that's that's why people listened it's not right. because you had a cool voice or a cool haircut or cool glasses yeah i um, still don't know what the dude looks well i do now i know what it looks like now cuz i saw his profile picture but yeah cuz he was in your bedroom last night with an axe <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it, like i knew about his games and i knew about his history and uh and I knew what he was up to, and I had no idea who he was, really. Like, the mm. Kickstarter was the first time I'd ever sort of seen his personality. And, and that, yeah, it's like you're saying, it wasn't him that made me like the Alice game. Mm. Um, it was what he did with it. And uh, if he, uh, yeah, I hope he relaunches. I hope he does, and that he relaunches, like, concept art and, and or more concept art, because it was some. And you yeah. know, just some more of that because I'm I'm still I'll, I'll pony up a lot of dough for that game. It sounded really cool. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing is, you know, um, with Kickstarter, um, you know, a lot of the things that a lot of the th you know I've seen people put up completed games with kind of the last twenty percent to go and nothing's happened, and I've seen people put up like an idea and make a load of money, and. It can just be like really basic things. I mean, I I have this kind of um, you know the, this running joke that like uh, with with the Green Men that on whatever day we release, um, they'll announce who's going to play the new Batman in the Batman versus Superman film, uh -huh. and all the comic book fans that I want to invest in my comic books. <laughs> We'll be nowhere near Kickstarter, and we'll just yeah, be on right. forums, and we'll just we'll just pay no attention. And you know, it's things like that that can happen. That they're, they're not they're not detracting away from, you know, they're not detracting away from you. They're not kind of, you know, it's not because people hate you. It's just happenstance, and it's just kind of you know reassess, rebuild, and move forward. Um, 
you know, and don't and don't just kind of tear everything up and bin it and go, nobody loves me. You know, cause right. it's, it's the worst <laughs> thing you can do. Um, but yeah, so you know. Anyway, uh, well, we've we've <laughs> slated all the industry heavyweights. Um, I know. I'm nervous now. I'm gonna. <laughs> So uh, they're going to be like sitting around this dark table in a in a room somewhere, like this Lars Simpkins guy. He's, I don't know, gets, man. It's more they'll just roll over in their sleep and crush me. I mean, I don't even have a game out. I feel like I don't. I don't really. I haven't earned the right to criticize people openly yet. I I need to wait a year and you know have some sales under my belt before I really start. I've jumped the gun. The, no, the thing is though, is that the one thing you have done is you've run a massively successful Kickstarter campaign. So you can you 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 are now an authority on Kickstarter. So you're allowed to say what you want about it. Um whether you right, believe it's founded or not, that's that's another thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so you know the the I guess kind of you know, to round it all up, the, the you know the the kind of big questions are, you know, do do you still think, you know, are you confident of getting this out early next year? Uh, early, early next year, no. Um, it's uh, as we kept hitting more stretch goals, it got pushed farther and farther out. So mm-hmm. I don't see it happening uh, earlier than uh, second quarter next okay. year, if not later. Um, but I'm more confident that it's going to happen in general after mm. these last couple of weeks of working with the artists and writers and uh, seeing everything coming together so quickly. Because mm. um, just like the Kickstarter where I didn't really know if it was going to work or not, I didn't know if I was going to be able to, you know, wrangle a bunch of uh, – wrangle a team and get it to work together. Yeah, um, yeah. But every, everyone's happy with each other uh, for the most part, and and things are happening, so I'm more confident about that. Mm. So that's good. And the uh, the one question I wanted to ask you, which was just based on kind of me looking through your Kickstarter, was was there any pledge you put up that sold a load, and you you were just like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> no, there was not one. <laughs> that's um, good. That's good. No, and and this is something else. I was and. I'm not criticizing the backers for this because I totally get where they're coming from. I was getting hammered about not putting up more rewards as we went farther into the campaign. And people were saying, you're losing people. You're losing people. You need more rewards and you need more uh, unlimited rewards. Mm-hmm. And and they were right. Uh, I was losing people, but I refused to put up any rewards that I didn't uh, vet technically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would test everything beforehand to make sure I could handle any volume. Um, and it took a long time to vet them and we only got out like a couple of extras. Um, but, but now I'm not stuck with a whole bunch of stuff where I don't know what to do with it. So thank, yeah. thankfully I stuck to my guns on that one and, uh, I, I just refused to cave and I could tell I was making people nervous and, um, um, and again, it's hard to, you know, I don't give them a hard time for that because what they were nervous about was they wanted me to be more successful. Mm. Um, kind of hard to take that the wrong way, but, uh, <laughs> screw uh, you. <laughs> yeah. What the hell dude? Yeah. What do you mean you I'll, want me to make more money? Yeah. I'll fail <laughs> when I want to fail. <laughs> right. um, but no, but yeah. no so I, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, that there's nothing that's come out of the campaign where I don't know how I'm going to do it or where the volume has incapacitated me somehow. I mean, I'm sweating about all of it. It's all, a little freaky, but uh, I, I have a plan for everything, so that's good mm-hmm. at least. And the 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 other thing was, 
I just wanted to say what aspect of the game are you most looking forward to seeing kind of people's reactions to that you can talk about at this time? Oh, man. Um, well, I can speak in like vague generalities. Uh, the lore that we're filling out and, you know, the backstory and um, the, the nature of the world and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, nobody knows what's coming. Um, and, and it's really fun watching people, you know, debate and and sort of speculate in the forums um, because they're just – they're all so off. Uh, <laughs> like they just have no idea. And uh, somehow somehow I've managed to keep a lid on that information. And all the, all the writers that are working on it, they've all kept a lid on it too. Um, and little peaks have gotten out, you know, but nobody's putting two and two together. So I'm I'm looking forward to like the first couple of weeks where it's all still unknown, you know, where where the where the wiki isn't filled out with all this information and and it's not just common knowledge. I'm looking forward to people, um, sort of, you know, peeling back the layers of this world and seeing what's underneath for the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna and be I, awesome. You know, I think that that to me is is interestingly the thing that I'm most excited about is I you know it, it's something we've talked about in kind of our previous interviews but for me the thing that i adore in games and that that draw me in in games are worlds and you know that's pretty much the whole idea of frontiers is you know this kind of exploration of a world um Mm -hmm. but i also like the idea of kind of the meta world like the world within the world um and the history and you know that i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing what all you guys do with it really um yeah yeah I mean, so, we've written um, hundreds of pages of of, of history, um, mm. and and we, like we're inventing a language. Um, it's the weirdest language I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> you, you'll be able to speak it and write it, and yeah, we're just filling out all the little cracks. And and uh, uh, having so many people work on it, you know, just ensures that uh, like if it had just been me, I, I think it might have kept your attention for an hour, you know. <laughs> but uh, I think this is going to be a major component of the game now. Is just you know, finding out about the history through through mm-hmm. books and through characters and and through exploration. So yeah, it's gonna be a blast. And and the the, the main thing is, are you gonna keep coming back and and filling us in on what's going on? I hope so. Uh, like uh, like you know how hard it was for me to. Uh, this sounds horrible. Um, I sound like a Wall Street asshole. You know how hard it was for me to squeeze this in. Um, like every time I try to set up a time, something else would, you know, uh, bump in the way. And for someone who's setting his own hours in, in theory and, uh, who who is, who is the boss in theory, um, I sure don't have a lot of say about when stuff happens. So, uh, so I'm hedging like hell because I just don't know. Uh, I would love to, and we'll see, (laughs) we'll see if, uh, my artists and writers leave me alone for 20 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> or, or three hours as, well, as what you should do is just just speak into a dictaphone for five minutes send it over to me and i'll just put in a five minute slot on the show <laughs> i'll just i'll just bring the the mad ramblings and metaphors of the the ever more weird um metaphors of of, of uh, Lars Simpkins. imagine a potato with butterfly wings and it flies away and lands into a <laughs> A stream of green cheese. That's go. what the body system is like. <laughs> there you go. See, I I think I would listen to that. Um, but no. So yeah, Lars. Again, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, and you know, likewise, if, likewise. if you can find time 
to to fit me into a busy schedule. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, kill me now. I can't believe I said those words. See, look oh. at you. you. You write. You are you are a bad person. <laughs> I'm a bad person. I'm not even going to argue. No, but um, no, like uh, again, you know, it, it it has been an absolute pleasure, and you know, I'm so chuffed, and you know, I am I am a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of a massive community that backed you, and that, that you know, are just really looking at, forward to to see what you do next, and wait with bated breath on 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 each update. No pressure. All right. Well, yes, I will try very hard not to disappoint. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. 